this is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Hey, everyone. Just a quick mild content warning, I guess, before we get going. We talk about a word about 15 minutes in. But I guess I'll just tell you the word, or sort of. It's extortion, but it has an S in front of it, right? So we talk about that maybe for about two minutes. Really, we don't go into depth. We don't get graphic at all. But some people, of course, have higher sensitivities than others. Some people may be listening with their kids, and you might want to keep that away from them. Whatever you feel about that, I just wanted to let you know before the episode got going. If you do have your kids with you, though, I do kind of recommend sticking around to the end because we talk about a word that is absolutely in the pocket of the humor level of, let's say, nine or 10 year olds. So they're going to like that one if you get there on to the end. So again, it's about 15 minutes in. We only talk for about two minutes about the word and then we move on. Just wanted to let you know before we got going. Okay, thanks. Let's do it. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to your Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell. Kathy Petrus coming to us from Armia, Spain, your home. Hello, Kathy. Sí, hola. <laughs> Ross Petrus, you're in Toronto. And do you have any computer ghosts going on right now? No, we've had a week of horror and hell with computers. This time, <laughs> I think we're okay. So if you got, if you all heard bad uh, sound last week, it was because my computer went on the, on a rage. So speaking of horror and hell, we have uh, something to address. I think before we get started today, <laughs> last episode uh, toward the end, we talked about words like greenwashing and purple washing and sports washing, and. Kathy had an idea about where that might have come from. Many, many, many of you had another idea about where that might have come from. And so we thought we'd discuss that a little bit. Kathy, do you want to kick us off? I think I should, shouldn't I? It's like one of us, which was me, had a brilliant idea. The light bulb went off over my head and I said, I thought greenwash or purple wash or pink wash must have come from brainwash. Brilliant, right? Of course. No. Oh. No, not brilliant. Oh? <laughs> we got, as you said, I mean, you got messages. We got tons. I mean, so I don't want to know. I don't want to add them up. On the plus side, people are listening. Yes, this is good, I love it. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, we can assume that everything else that we've ever said is completely true, right? Because this is the completely. only time we've had an avalanche of, of emails. Ooh. Actually, that was one nice thing about it because we got several saying, for the first time, we've caught you in an error, which <laughs> yeah. made us feel fabulous. So. I gotta be honest, though, it's not caught all of us. It was me. I, I, I have to, but neither of you disagreed. <laughs> no, actually, we Fletcher and I had it wrong too. We suggested it might be brainwashed. We agreed with it; it might be, but we both said we liked it in the laundering sense. And it turns out that it's not in the laundering sense; it's in the covering up the sense. You can have dirty clothes and you whitewash them. They look clean, maybe, but there's a lot of paint on them. But you basically are covering it over. And that's the whole idea. Right. So so all or most of these emails at least suggested that whitewashing the term is probably where greenwashing and purple washing and maybe even sports washing came from. Rather than sure. brainwashing, they suggested that whitewashing is probably 
the actual term. Now, uh, that's true. N- none of us suggested that. I did not even think of whitewashing. Again, I really mm-hmm. was thinking of like laundering money, washing things. I was too. I will also say that whitewashing doesn't come up in my life very often. It's not even really <laughs> a, a thing I think about. <laughs> Actually, here everything's whitewashed in, in the in the paint sense of the word. Yes. Uh-huh. When I think about it, but I mean the thing is, though, in retrospect, I just thought brainwashing sounded so interesting. I've just got to say that. But um, in, in fairness, also whitewashing is so much older than brainwashing. We have brainwashing, as I think I had said then, but certainly I can say now, came from 1950. It was from the Korean War. Whereas whitewashing, um, in terms of like painting something white, was back in the 1500s. Yeah, I had an I had an email. I think that you guys didn't get that that from uh, Rick, who said exactly that. Yeah. Although it was interesting there, even, I mean, we go back to how words are so complicated, finding origins, etc. Most people say the usage of whitewashing to mean sort of covering up in the sense of an idea. Most people have it as 1762. However, if you look at the OED carefully, you can also see one from 1703, whitewashing it, attempts of gain by, by deceit. So, I mean, it is old, but there, even there, there's a little bit of uh, fuzziness to it. Yeah, I liked brainwash. <laughs> but can I throw something out here? Merriam-Webster had a really interesting article going back to brainwashing. Now, we said brainwashing comes from the 1950, 1950, right, with the Chinese. However, they did some research and they found older instances of brainwashing in English from let's say the 1930, 1932, the Democratic Chronicle, Rochester, New York, by a new process of brainwashing, drug habit is cured in six days. But that doesn't sound like, is that controlling thoughts and beliefs or was that like- No, like it's interesting. That's the interesting thing. This is cleaning your brain. <laughs> he could begin with brainwashing. Every brain, male or female, needs a good cleaning every now and then, the Manhattan Mercury. But that's not how we use brainwashing. Like you're not controlling. No. You're not. It's not like the Manchurian candidate. No, it isn't. But I'm just saying you're that the word. It. I agree with you. But the word itself, when we were talking about the word itself, it there was a sense early in the 1930s, at least, where it's washing your brain in a literal sense. Sort of as Fletcher and I were talking about laundering, which I thought. I mean, it never caught on. And that's the other interesting thing, because we're going to go right now talking about new words. And in effect, if in 1932 someone had come up with a new word, they might have said brainwash in the sense of cleaning your brain of ideas or thoughts. Like I had a good brainwash when I went to the beach. Yeah, but that never caught on. It doesn't work, does it? Yeah, no. It it doesn't. But imagine now you might say, I mean, you could say something like, I I rinsed my brain, right? And it (laughs) That doesn't really work either. (laughs) Wait, you don't like that? I think you You, could. You don't like that? I do. I like it. Thank you, Ross. I rinsed my brain. I, don't know, I keep thinking of mouthwash or something. I don't know. I like it. Mouthwash, which is not connected to whitewash. <laughs> but actually, and to throw one more thing out, which was sort of interesting, in Chinese, you know, the, the brainwash comes from Chinese, you know, see now, which means literally brainwashing. They have another word, heartwashing, which means sort of what brainwashing meant in the 1930s. Heartwashing meant cleaning yourself of negative thoughts. Oh, so wow. that's sort of interesting, too. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it really is. Well, we're going to continue on uh, basically with what we were doing last time around, uh, except hopefully not making up 
things. Uh, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna continue <laughs> we're gonna continue to talk about brand new words in the dictionary, or rather words that are brand new to the dictionary. The words themselves are not brand new. Correct. Um, this time I just wanted to say it's not only last time most of them are dictionary.com added words. This uh, past week, Merriam-Webster added new words, and they added a lot this year. They added 690 new words this year. Compared to last year, they only added 370. Oh, wow. So we're talking a lot. We're not using them all. As Ross and I were discussing them, um, a lot of them are, uh, that they've added were a bit slangy. I mean, chef's kiss was added, doggo, which I detest, grammable, something you put on Instagram. So we're not using those. Yeah, and that, that leads us to one point that we were, we were talking about as well when we were chatting. A lot of these words are, are really slang or informal. And a lot of these words, people look at and they go, oh, they're in the dictionary. They're not necessarily going to last in the dictionary. We earlier were speaking about brainwashing in the earlier sense of brain rinsing. It never lasted. And I can't believe that uh, doggo or chef's kiss is going to last. It might. I think chef's might kiss will. I think chef's kiss will. Chef's kiss might. I agree. Mm-hmm. How long do you think they keep something around before removing it from the dictionary? That is a good question. I have never thought of that, Fletcher. Kathy, don't say five years right now. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't know. Do, are they removed? I'm not kidding. Are they removed? Sure. There are words removed from the dictionary, aren't there? Yeah. Oh, here it is. In 2021, nine words were removed from our dictionary listed as archaic, historical, or obsolete. Aerodrome was determined to no longer be applicable to modern life. So apparently they get lexicographers, apparently, who come in and take it out. Frutescent, referring to people looking like a shrub, was removed from (laughs) Webster. I'm sorry, I wish that had never gotten removed. I like Frutescent. I wish they had Well, I think we need to start a campaign. Bring it back. (laughs) An object or a person having the appearance of a shrub. I love it. That's something I never even think about. You know, someone looking like a shrub. Frutescent, I like it. But anyway, they do remove them. And they say they're usually removed... um, they don't, they don't, they try not to remove, they usually remove them if they're not current or if, if they're trying to keep a dictionary a certain size and if it falls out of favor. But one lexicographer was saying it's difficult nowadays because a word might be really out of style, but books are still in print and people still read those books. You can't really remove it, even if they're not really being used in, in regular conversation. So it's, sure. it's becoming interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. frutescent or frutescent. <laughs> I love that word. I really do. <laughs> Having or approaching the appearance or habit of a shrub. I love it. I just love that word. Anyway, let's go. Let's go on here. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just in love. <laughs> I am too. I love it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go like we did the other time. We're gonna go. Th- we're gonna mention the words. Maybe do a sentence. Maybe not, and see if you know it. Okay. Okay. Rage farming. This is from the Atlantic. Rage farming is the product of a perfect storm. An unholy melange of algorithms and anxiety. I can, I, I don't know that I've ever seen rage farming in the wild. I can imagine what it means. It, probably someone or some malevolent news entity might be uh, kicking up controversy so that people will 
get angry about it and engage with whatever whatever they're putting out there. So you're getting lots perfect. Yeah, you're getting wow. lots of clicks. Perfect. Perfect. Right? Okay. perfect. Right on. And I, I would thought Fletcher Fletcher comes from farming country, so of course he would <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's alternate forms that it's also rage baiting and rage seeding. Yeah, okay. But they say that it dates back only to twenty twenty two. Um they think. And they're talking about they uh this individual tweeted about it saying that there was a, a, a rage inducing seed was planted online and it made everybody really angry. I think, I, I'm curious what you all think. I think this word is, these two words are here to stay. I think this is a really useful form and I think it really describes something that has not really been adequately described before. What do you all think? I think it's a really, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really succinct way to describe what um, what some people have been doing for a little while now, but certainly what's going on a lot on the internet now. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think, I think it's really useful. Yeah, I do too. It's also perfect. Do you know what I mean? It's almost poetic. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. exactly, it really, I think it conjures up what it's saying, if that makes sense. I love this line. Rage farming is an offshoot of rage baiting that induces or manipulates the anger into an online engagement by rage seeds. Isn't that just amazing? <laughs> so much rage. It's sad, though, actually. So much seeding and farming, though, too. I think it's really interesting. It's not wrong, though. I, I mean, you are, you are, like, cultivating people's rage. Yeah, mm -hmm. completely. And mm -hmm. You're and, growing it. Yeah, exactly. and you're trying to turn it into some sort of profitable crop for yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because initially they were saying it was mainly um, – political tactic i mean that's what it's usually but they're saying it's also financially profitable because yeah. sure. you're on like tiktok or something you do something that gets people riled up you're going to get more clicks you get you become an influencer there you go you know the, the only thing i wonder about if there is there an offshoot also of um fear farming because i see that a lot now like you know 10 risky behaviors you know like don't eat the, oh, there was something today the other day there was something like don't eat vegetables because they have something lectins or something in them that take away but then like you go through it all you can't eat anything you know so yeah no i think you're totally right i think they go hand in hand uh, this i just learned and i guess i should have thought about this before but i don't like to think about things like this i just learned that um, people who are influencers um mm -hmm. will often like mispronounce something on purpose so that a whole bunch of people will flood them with engagement telling them how wrong they are Wow. Yeah. Isn't that a horrible way to live? Yeah. What a world. Yeah. I, I sound all like an old, like, what a world, what a world. But it's true. Yeah. What? I, I don't like it. No, not I at all. I disapprove. Yeah. Now, next is crypto fascism. Yeah. Crypto fascism. This is one of those terms I see fairly often on social media sites. And I have to admit, I don't exactly know what a crypto fascist is supposed to be that's funny because I, I had the same thing when i ross you knew this didn't you yeah because of the greek in it so yeah, yeah i did not i i i it's the same thing fletcher i see it a lot but in this case the crypto is the key it means mm -hmm. secret support for fascism and as ross just said the greek crypto is um means hidden or secret See, I thought it had something to do with cryptocurrency, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Which That's really interesting. Does it. Yeah. I think maybe part of why I don't, I couldn't tell what it was supposed to mean. I mean, I, I know what crypto basically means, but the reason it's hard, it was hard for me to, 
to understand this is because it doesn't usually seem that hidden. I mean, people, yeah. the people they're talking about, it usually seems pretty overt, their support for fascism. <laughs> I mean, they may not literally say, I am a fascist, mm -hmm. but uh, just based on the other things they express, it doesn't seem that hidden. And so it yeah, was, you can kind of deduce it like right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, it's really more of an insult, I think. You're you're a little scared to call the person outright fascist. Mm -hmm. So you call them a crypto fascist. Right. It's a nicer insult. You maybe, have fascist tendencies. <laughs> okay, the next one I think you're gonna know instantly. Sextortion. Uh I I I actually have never heard that. That's funny. Um, but is this sort of like uh threatening revenge porn? Pretty much in order to get yeah. somebody to do something. Yeah, it's a blend of sex and extortion. Right. Word mashing them together so describe to me like a, a specific example of this i guess well i mean we could do we could do a picture of you we could i mean kathy is really good at photoshop so we could do a picture of you okay <laughs> you know i think we can okay. grant it yeah okay I, I think now i got the idea <laughs> yeah but it, i think you can draw the curtain and... over this ross <laughs> yeah, no. so it is based on um things like images and that sort of thing not actual sex or maybe mm -hmm. I mean I suppose maybe videos of of a person having sex, but yeah, okay, yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, it's always. I'm wondering though, I mean, it's because it's usually you know it's things like sexting or or whatever. But I'm wondering if you could theoretically do it, couldn't you? Um, I mean, sexually compromising material could be someone saying something, couldn't it? Like I saw him or whatever, and I'm going to have this person come out with that. That could be sextortion as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically saying you did, even though you didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one thing I'm actually sort of curious about when I said the Photoshop, I, I wonder if this word is going to last because I wonder if this sort of thing is going to last. Because now with like, Kath and I were talking earlier about we have a bunch of books that AI has uh, copied. So, you know, basically with AI and with, you know, advanced computers, you can basically manipulate anything. So I, I, I sort of half wonder if sextortion is going to even last. Because, you know, everything can be fake now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could have me having sex with a dinosaur and, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Right, ba basically. I don't want to think about yeah. it, though. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't either. Basically, anything could be could be fake. You guys had your books copied, too, by the AI, huh? Yeah, yep. we had eight of them we found. I went, I, yeah. we went into the uh, database and found that they trained on eight of our books. Jeez. Which brings us, interestingly enough, in a brilliant segue <laughs> to generative AI. Yeah, generative AI. Uh, I guess I don't entirely know what the difference is between that and AI. I mean, I, I guess in a way it could be creating a thing that wasn't there before, although I think that's mm, even questionable. I, what, what is generative AI versus another kind of AI? It's what Ross and I were just talking about from our books. Generative AI learns from other inputs. So it's generating responses, texts, et cetera, on other things already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, until we read it, I never really thought much about it. I didn't realize it does probability distributions on a variable, like with the word, the pro, but you think, of course it does. We, we, you know, we automatically know certain words lead to other words. Mm -hmm. So it just does that in a huge, almost, you know, huge way. Yeah. So, so like it, it, it starts out. Um, writing something and then it determines what the most likely next word would be in that situation and so on and so forth and it keeps doing that until it's giving you the whole thing yep mm -hmm. exactly exactly it's it's processing prompts and responding with stuff that that it learned from data that was input into it and what would be the logical next one i mean it can yep. be very wrong 
but it can be can and is yes (laughs) (laughs) but then so can humans (laughs) as we know which leads to the next segue hallucinate we're going to talk about this in an ai sense oh so so okay so an ai can hallucinate yeah Yeah, well the, the sample sentence we had is is an open ai ceo said a lot of the value of ai is related to the fact that they hallucinate fascinating scary <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can't I can't place this into the context I mean they're seeing something that isn't there but mm-hmm. I, I don't understand I don't understand how that places in okay well think about it what is what, when a person hallucinates they see or think things that things that are happening that are not happening right theoretically right so when, when a computer a machine learning program hallucinates it produces false information contrary to what the user wanted and is presenting it as true it really happened this way it said yeah read that quote again to me a lot of the value of ai is related to the fact that they hallucinate that's what i why is that valuable that's what confused me i guess ah because you because there is this propensity to hallucinate the hallucinations are also i'm reading the article right now heavily related to the value if you do a sort of naive thing and say, never say anything that you're not 100% sure about, you can get the model to do that, but it won't have the magic people like so much. Ugh. So he's saying, what Ross was saying, actually, the ability to recognize patterns and everything, that makes you have novel ideas, and then that feeds back, you have a feedback loop, and then you can determine if it's true or not. So it's helping it learn. The hallucinations, actually, they're saying, are pushing the creativity of AI. I have deeply moral objections to this. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree don't like with you. It. <laughs> I, it's interesting, though. The word itself, hallucinate, comes from Latin and Greek. And one of the meanings is to wander around in your mind. Mm-hmm. So I guess they do. Like, again, we go back to the creativity aspect. But that's fake. Crea- I think it, I agree yes. with you guys. I think it's fake creativity. It's not real creativity. Yeah. I don't want a computer being creative. I want me, Fletcher or Kathy, to be creative. Not Which that. I did last time, I want to say. <laughs> that's a, that's an enormous conversation, and, and I think we're more or less all probably on the same page with it. But, uh, you know, it is – I when the when it tells you something – I mean, people expect it to be true, at least right now, you know? And, and if we have to determine later whether something is true – you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen journalists talk about how AI uh, credited them with an article they never wrote. And that never existed. Mm. Like, like this is a, mm. you know, the, the AI made up an article and then gave some journalists the byline and then they got flooded with emails or whatever and, and none of that ever existed. I mean, that's part of that hallucination and that's a problem. The mm. scary thing with, with another article I was reading on hallucination is that they're not quite sure why and how it wor- how it happens. Which is really interesting. It sounds like the beginning of a horror movie or something. It is. You know? And hello, Skynet. I mean, I you know. know. I know. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking of. I can't help it. I know. <laughs> well, my hope is that our next word that we're going to talk about has nothing to do with AI. Well, well it's, unfortunately. It's not a happy one. <laughs> <laughs> the word is pessimize. Oh wow! No, I, this I've never heard this. I've never heard this in my life. Obviously, pes, pessimistic has something to do with that, but I don't. Uh, no, I've never heard this before. Let's try. Let's try it the reverse way. Okay. When you make something better, you optimize it. You. So what? So you want to make some, that's kind of cute, actually, to pessimize when you put it that way. But why would you want to make something worse? I'm going to give you a sentence in computer talk. <laughs> Adding okay. 
make it less good, less, but possibly in a weird way, a little bit less. So adding this feature pessimized the runtime by 13%. I would just say reduced, but these computer people said pessimized. Ah, yeah. Okay. Now I don't like it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not supposed to. That, that pessimizing isn't good in computers. You're making it less efficient. When you pessimize, it's it's not a good thing. Because in this case, Ross, in the sentence you used, actually, if you look at the rest of it, they were <gasps> saying that the key was you were optimizing the individual component. You weren't optimizing the system. So the whole thing ends up getting pessimized. You're right, Even if Kathy. this one aspect is optimized. You're right. So we really should have said optimizing components in isolation tends to pessimize the whole system. <laughs> it reduced the runtime by 13%. <laughs> that's a great edit. Yeah. I, think you, I think that's a great edit, Ross. Thanks. <laughs> I just want to point out that I never, I've never heard this word, and 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 it was added in the in the information technology computer uh, arena. However, the word pessimized is a legit verb without an object, like a person being pessimistic or or is pessimizing, like like we were just pessimizing about AI. I had never heard that in my life. Hmm. No, you? not once. No, never. I don't like I I don't like the word actually. Transitive or intransitive. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm pessimized over this word. I don't know what. Yeah, I didn't see many. I, I, I did plug it into Google and I didn't find much at all. Mm -mm. Uh, uh, even in the even in the computer sense. I, I, so I was sort of surprised they added it. It didn't seem like a huge word. Mm -mm. Well, it's old, like we said. It just never clicked a long time ago. And I don't think it should click now, but it probably will. Although it is interesting because optimize is definitely a word. And it's interesting how sometimes in language, in English, you know, in all languages, the opposite of that word doesn't click. The other one, one does, you know, it's like when you say optimize makes worse. What would you really say? I optimize the computer. Kathy, It made you... the whole thing worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would say. I wouldn't say pessimize. Pessimize. But my point is, is, but they added it because they're saying this was legit, that this is being used enough that it ought to be added yeah. to the dictionary. And I'm saying I didn't really, I'm, I'm not sure about that because I didn't see it. That's all. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I vote no. I don't like doggo either. Speaking of doggo, this one you must know, Fletcher. This is an easy one. Petfluencer. Uh, <laughs> God, what a world! I know. AI and petfluencers. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm gonna again, like like a number of these, I can probably pretty easily guess what it is. I'm not sure I have a lot of experience with the word petfluencer. Uh, this is an uh, theoretically, I suppose, an influencer. I mean, it could go one of two ways. I'm gonna guess it's like. Um, you know, one of those really weird looking or cute dogs or something that yeah. itself is an influencer. <laughs> well, it's more using the cute, really right, dogs. Right, sure. I mean, a lot the, of people following. Yeah, the, yeah. Do the dog isn't like punching the buttons itself, yeah. but <laughs> oh, you never know. My cats try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really smart dogs are around. <laughs> There's also the term grandfluencer, which I'm sure you know. No, I don't, too. I don't know what a grandfluencer is. That well, a, I don't think that's taking off, but it's a uh, using your grandkid for oh, stuff. Nah. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, apparently. It just is sickening. Okay, wait a second. I just looked it up. No, I'm sorry, Ross. I, it's not only that, actually. It's okay. also just people older than 60. So it's like you're a grandfluencer if you're an older person who's an influencer. Oh, 
That's really it. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. They say it's it's a marker of age rather than the grandparent angle. Oh, okay. I'm I sorry, I didn't corrected. want to correct you, but I, was, I, I got curious. Oh, no, it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. I, I didn't know that, and I don't really care to know it either. <laughs> 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 I don't like this whole influencer phenomenon. So. They're pulling in hundreds, thousands, and even millions of followers, though, Ross. Mm. Just tell you. Maybe we could be wordfluencers. How about <laughs> that? I like that. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, speaking of word fluencers, do you know the word de? Well, not really. That's a really poor segue. But do you know the word debuff? Debuff. Yes, I know the word rebuff. I do not know the word debuff. To debuff, to not buff, or to to remove buffing, to reverse, to reverse, <laughs> to, reverse ah, to reverse, getting a, there, to reverse a getting buffing, there. um, to rebur to reverse a rebuff. Maybe you went back on rebuffing someone well let's think, <laughs> let's think let's think games let's think computer games oh see i can't that's harder for me <laughs> okay uh, uh, hearing my son I, I i actually heard this. i used to be a gamer so so I i'm this. gonna i'll do the sentence rather than fighting with them directly the tarot cards are used for debuffs mm, no it can also be a verb though it doesn't have to be a name yes yeah i i assumed it was a verb in the first place um, okay then let's do this sentence the goal of this build is to debuff enemies. I mean, I still don't I like, like it. I mean, I, I want to know how the word came to be formed. It, Catherine, okay. When you, when you, a character, you buff your character, you add things oh. to the character. Oh, see, I didn't know abilities. that. <laughs> so yeah. if you debuff, you're decreasing that character's stuff. So you can, you can use something as a debuff when you're fighting. You could say, um, I'm a mage and I'm using this wand to debuff that enemy. Hmm. Or you could say, I'm, I'm, I've made my mage this way so I can debuff really easily and then zap them with my firepower. Mm -hmm. That's it. And we're now running out of time, so we're going to debuff this. No, we can't debuff this No, Ross, we're not going to debuff. Can I just say one word that I want to add that is nothing at all? May I add this one, Ross? Sure. Snite. Oh, no, Kathy, don't add it. I don't want to end on this. Okay, we won't use snite. Snite? Wait, but now I need to know what a snite is. Now we have to know. I am adamantly against. Ross didn't even want to add it. Well, it was added in the dictionary. Yeah, snite means to wipe mucus from the nose. Without a handkerchief. Especially with the finger or thumb. Snite. And it comes from, interestingly enough, some things are new, they're never new, they're old too. We checked from 1100, it comes <laughs> from it's Scottish, to blow or wipe the nose, cast away mucus. <laughs> I, I, think this, I think it's fascinating. I'm sorry. This, and it came from the old high German schnuzen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to blow one's nose. I'm going to have to start telling my two-year-old not to snite. <laughs> I know. See, I think it's, I think it's very nice. <laughs> Although, you know what? It, it's funny because it, it's snot and snipe. They sound sort of gross, but I didn't know they come from the same base word as snout. It makes sense, oh, obviously. No. But I never thought that either. I never thought of it. I always thought of snot is very different from snout. Like, snot sounds gross, snout sounds fine, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
looks, and that's looks a good way snipe. to end. I think. <laughs> Let's say snipe. No, Let's end on snout. Let's end on snout. I'm back to snipe, Ross. I'm back no, to no, snipe. no. <laughs> You're Saying It Wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Our digital team is Beth Golay and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can email me at powell at kmuw.org or email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.